0: Bible Church, welcome back to the Midweek Podcast. It's a joy to share this time with you. Thank you for uh, making this a pattern, to listen to this and uh, help stay connected between the Sundays. Um, Of course, joined here by our lead pastor, Brent Bullard. Good morning.
1: Hi, good morning.
0: (laughs) Yes. And uh, we have the special treat of being joined by uh, Larry and Linda King this morning. So y'all, thank you so much for being here. All right. Good morning.
1: And it'll be hard for people to believe, but but Larry and Linda have just been begging to get on the podcast. I mean, they were just. <laughs> oh yes, at that's it.
2: right. Really, we <laughs> really have
1: scratching at the door, <laughs> and we decided. All right, I guess. <laughs> now we appreciate your flexibility and willingness to uh, to come on. That's one of the goals of this uh, this, this this instrument to be able to <clears throat> to an extent shrink the church down a little bit to provide an opportunity for people to hear. Uh, how the Lord is working in their life. You all are so faithful to corporate worship at Grace Bible, and it's a reminder of the people that sit around us, in front of us, beside us, uh, of how the Lord is working in their life and has worked in their life. And um, and so this is a great opportunity to do that. So I'll ask kind of first questions. How did you, where'd y'all you grow up? How'd you meet? What was your church background? Uh, kind of all in a bundle there. So uh, how about we let, uh, we'll let ladies go first.
3: Okay. Uh, we lived in Houston, Texas, and I guess we went to junior high and high school together. And you usually sat a few rows behind me with your mom in church. And we went to Faith Temple Baptist we Went church. to the same
0: church. Yeah. How awesome.
3: Yeah. But cool. I guess, I guess we started dating in high school I don't remember if it was French or geometry class where we met.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, you all started dating, and you have been married now for 49 years.
2: Yep. That's right.
1: Coming yeah. up on the big uh, 5-0. Sure, sure. and for the record, I asked you all that beforehand. I didn't. Ooh. I don't have that in a, in my calendar anywhere or anything. But uh, <laughs> oh man, yeah, I know, I know. But I will. Now it's in there forever. Now I got it. February nineteenth. Uh, so the in. fifty coming up. You know, that's one of the joys of being in a multi generational church is being able to uh, to be with people that have accrued a, a cr- a wisdom that comes just by walking through all the different seasons, uh, the, the peaks and the valleys and, and all those. Uh, so uh, that's kind of an early shift in momentum. But what are some of the things that you all have learned as a married couple, as a, as a founding of biblical marriage? What are some of the wisdom that you all have gained in, in 49 years of, of, of marriage as Christians? What are some things that you've said, you know, this has been really true in our life? Maybe it's an age-old saying, but it's true. It's been It's nurtured our, our marriage and sustained us in a long way. Some things that uh, that you've found to be, because uh, the local church has been a part of your life through all of that season, right? Yeah. Was that That's, easy? Did y'all live in the same? Did you attend the same church? Did you end up moving around different places? Uh, how did you keep that as a? You know, we talk about word worship service family. So those tenants have, even though you've only moved to Nacogdoches, of uh, what ten years ago 10 or so? Ten years ago. Ten yeah. years ago. Uh, <clears> those tenants have been a lot of your. Your life ever before, well before you ever came to Grace Bible. Um, so, can you share maybe how those components have played into your the health of your marriage?
3: Well, we've moved probably how many times?
2: Just well, quite
3: a few times in our yeah, life. Yeah, four or
2: five times. Yeah, but, but and always relocated, you know, to a different church. Uh-huh. Always yeah. been a Baptist church until we came here.
3: Hmm. Yeah. And, now we're in a Bible church. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: and we were always involved in a small group, too.
2: Hmm. Yeah, always
0: in a small group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how has that impacted you guys, being a part of a small group like that?
3: It, it, it gave me uh, uh, a family to pray with me, to uh, support us through life's, ups and downs, and Mm. there's plenty of them. It's not just easy street, Mm. you know. Mm -hmm. So we've always had them. We've always had his word. It's a way to Mm -hmm. keep in his word so that you uh, are constantly reminded of things Mm. that you might forget. But, Mm -hmm. you know, as you go through different uh, trials in life, uh, his word is always there to remind you, and it's from being uh, not only in a wor- worship service, but in a small group where we talk about His Word, we reflect on His Word, we each share how we are applying it to our life or need to apply it to our life that uh, life becomes real, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, we feel like our story maybe. Uh, maybe ordinary and Mm -hmm. you know I came to know Christ as a child and so did Larry and we grew up in a church and we've always attended a church but uh, the real uh, spark in life comes through what Christ has been able to do with us slowly through all those years Mm. could have happened faster if we were faster (laughs) learners but (laughs) he's always been there. To guide us through it.
2: Yeah, the corp- corporate worship is important, but the small group is e- easily just as important, mm-hmm. if not more important, really, in terms of just... Uh,
1: For your health as a marriage. Well, health yeah. as a
2: marriage yeah. and, and just 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 keeping you in touch with, with the Word and with everything, really.
3: And mm-hmm. growing, uh, because uh, when you're right there face-to-face with... Uh, you know, a small group, uh, you can talk about it. It reinforces as It makes it come to life. Okay. And uh, it, it draws you closer to Christ because you're more accountable.
1: Right. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Now, you all have how many sons? Three. Three. Three sons. And how many grandchildren do you have? Three. Three, all right. Our
3: magic number. <laughs> so, you,
1: <laughs> so you have, this uh, is something I'm always interested of, and I think there's a benefit of, of uh, being mixed in with the generations is I find a lot you all have kind of walked into the season where, you know, I hear to describe, you have the pole with kids, right? So we have, when we're in the, our twenties, thirties, maybe early, early forties as well, you've got the kids that are young and they kind of dictate a lot of your friend group and what you're doing and your time and your scheduling. But as you age and your kids get, uh, and all your, your sons are now out of high school, out of college now, and so you've got grandkid pull, and uh, and then you kind of going through that se- go through that season where you also have the parent pull on the on the other side, where you're kind of between two worlds. You're you're needed perhaps by your parents, and you're needed by your grandkids and kids. What kind of wisdom would you give, or advice would you give, or things you've learned, having kind of touched that season of life for people? Uh, so those maybe entering into it, and those that have already kind of gone through it. What what kind of can you pass on to? To those that will come into that season one day, it's really easy. Is that right? Is that the main idea? <laughs> well, no. the kids,
2: the kids were not easy. That's for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were, they were difficult. All of, all three of them. But uh, the grandkids were fun. But you got to watch the grandkids because they grow up quick. Because yeah. our grandkids are now two of them are grown. Oh wow. Yeah, eighteen and, and I guess eighteen and seventeen or 16, 17, I think. But uh, hmm. so yeah they're they're basically grown, graduated from high school and working, and the other one is is uh gonna be a senior. So then the youngest, we still got him around. He's he's uh four, yeah, gonna be five this fall. But uh they grow up quick, and it seems like just the other day he was a baby. Hmm. So maybe that's because we're so old. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then on the parents' side, yeah. well, we don't have those anymore. They've all passed on. Right. But uh, we were kind of fortunate, I guess, to move into this area about the time my mother, who lived lives in Huntington, that's close to Lufkin, uh, she really, I guess, started needing someone around close, so we were able to kind of be there for her. And then my stepfather, after she passed away, and then he passed away just this last uh, one year ago, actually mm-hmm. one year ago uh, this past weekend.
1: When you, uh, what kind of made you? You, you said you, when you ended up moving to Nacogdoches ten or eleven years ago, uh, what what kind of made you decide to check out Grace Bible? Did somebody invite you, or how did that uh, how did that happen? Well, we
2: went to several. Like I said, always been Baptist. We went to several Baptist churches and. I guess none of them really particularly hit the spot. And then a longtime friend of mine that goes here, uh, Bob McKnight mm. uh, went here and uh, uh, so we thought we would try that. He was wanted us to come and uh, we really liked it.
1: And as you stay as you stay connected through the years in that way, right? so you you went through a season of turmoil at Grace and you all chose to stay connected. Uh, describe that process through this, what what that was like, staying connected through. Those years
2: seems like that follows us around because the the church we went to prior to this actually had a big uh, issue that come up and I don't know we just always felt uh, like I don't know overly committed I guess didn't feel like you could ever leave mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there was a problem yeah and uh, we stuck through that and actually I guess actually was involved with calling a new pastor to that church and. And it was interesting that he was from a Bible church. And I guess that's one reason we thought when we came here, well, that can't hurt, you know. We called a pastor from a Bible church Hmm. to a Baptist church. And so (laughs) I guess our our thinking about all that is is, uh, liberalized a lot (laughs) over the years. You know, 15 years ago, we would have felt like, oh, we can't go to anything but a Baptist church. Mm -hmm. And now we realize there's a lot of churches that, are in a Baptist church that are just fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You know, I, I think that component of what you said of, uh, you know, maybe you, you phrased it in a way of, we're just kind of, we're, we're loyal people. We stay, you know, we're, we're here rooted. I think that's an important thing as you, as we kind of all tie this together to the component of groups as well. I think that keeps a person tethered into the life of the church. I, I think we've seen that, Stephen, from COVID. Uh, is. It's been so good to see so many people come back and... A lot of those people that have been able to be netted through that, and then so many new faces every Sunday has been so encouraging. Not just just those able to physically come back from health, but newer people to Grace or that have moved to Nacogdoches. But so many of those have been people that have been connected to small groups through all of that. So whether there's friction and leadership that happens in the life of a church, uh, those that are netted to small groups and then serving somewhere in the life of the church to have a heart of service uh, and invest into the life of the church, Uh, whether it's a crisis in their own life or, or a conflict in the church itself, they're able to ride through those waves in a, in a, in a much more healthy, sustainable way.
0: They're the kind of the first line of, of people that when things are hard, they're there for you. And obviously COVID was very hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) and still is in, in, in a lot of ways for, for a lot of folks. And um, I think, you know, that's through some of the, the harder stuff that, that our group has experienced even over this year with the snowstorms, you know, that we had in February and March and or no January, February. Um, You know, that was part of what accelerated our growth as a group, as far as our relationships with each other, because, well, we were all staying in the same house for a part of that time (laughs) because the power was out. Um, And, uh, and so, yeah, the small group has been like incredibly important and being loyal to those, those people being uh, willing to be transparent and to be, um, you know, to, to be knowledgeable of what people are going through in order to pray for them and walk through that with them. Um, I'm sure you guys have, have experienced as well. And so, um, yeah, it is truly a blessing to be able to be involved in a community like that. And so,
3: That was one thing that, that made me comfortable at Grace as is, is we came into a, a Bible church was the people were so genuine. Mm-hmm. And when when we were involved in uh, groups, whether it be uh, small groups through women's ministry or mm-hmm. uh, other small groups, uh, people were genuine. They were willing to be transparent and share their needs. And uh, that's not easy. Mm-hmm. And so that was impressive to me. It wasn't just... Uh, Sugarcoat it and act like everything's okay, but right. to be honest,
2: mm.
1: yeah, yeah, I found that very much to be the case here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I was—I was, I was going to ask, did you all ride your dirt bike here today? Is that how you arrived <laughs> in town? Not me, not, not you, not <laughs> my wife. No, not my <laughs> lovely wife. <laughs> uh, you know, Larry, one of the things that you do is—and uh, people may not know this—that you've—that you ride bikes. But that's—that's that's been an outlet to be able to connect with different men, right? In your—in uh, your lifetime. Uh, What what would you, how would you encourage men and women in our life to use their hobbies, use the things they enjoy to connect with other people um, and lead those things towards Christ? How how would you kind of counsel people in that way?
3: He's unique that way, and he probably doesn't want to say it about himself, but I've seen him, it's the life he leads Mm -hmm. and other guys respecting for Mm -hmm. the life he leads so then, when he says, "Hey, you want to come come to church with us?", they're more apt to say, "Sure, we've mm, you know, right. we've been wanting to commit to a church, you know." Yeah. But uh, that's the way I've seen mm-hmm. uh, his life and his heart for Christ mm-hmm. glorifying. Yeah. Yeah. You know. it, it's not in a. Uh, it's not in a threatening manner. It's just well, what would you call it? Who not who you not are. such
2: an overt, <laughs> overt witnessing manager manner. You know, I'm not very good at that, but hopefully, I live like she said. I live in a way that people can see and observe.
1: Yeah, you, yeah. Live, you live in a humble and a faithful life, and that credibility over time tried, means a lot. trying to do that. Shortly yeah. after I moved here, uh, there was somebody in our church <clears throat> that was speaking about y'all, and um, I won't say their name. It's Kenneth Bubel. Uh, but he, <laughs> he was referencing just how much you uh, they respect you all. He respects you all. And, uh, that you're a couple that, uh, when you speak, people listen because of the credibility that you have in your life. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's among the highest compliments that you can carry in life. And so, uh, that component pouring into other people, opening a life, being willing to serve wherever it is. I know you all serve and have, serve and have served in many different places, uh, being willing to open up your home uh you know that's that's an invaluable type of legacy in the life of our church that uh we pray it just continues to become contagious in the years to come mm.
2: yeah, yeah, we do enjoy i think having people in our home, you know for the small group and stuff that's a that's always a pleasure to be able to do that
3: mm. I was just gonna say and it's it's been a joy to uh when there's a need and the church is asking for people to serve in a certain capacity yeah. to step in, you know, it, you know, you may get up and think, ah, oh, I gotta go do this, but it's always <laughs> a blessing. You yeah. just, you know, it helps you bond with other people. Uh somehow God turns it into joy, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's a blessing.
1: That's good. That's good. Cause I was just gonna ask, we need people to uh to serve in the Staff steak making team that makes, mm, sta- yeah. makes steaks. No for a, it's a major uh, it's need a, a now. new ministry where people grill steaks for staff. I mean, let's be let's, uh, the week. More
0: specifically, like ribeyes and
2: fillets. That's kind of where that's we're the at, key yeah. thing
1: that they're looking for. Yeah, right. So yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Pick yeah. uh, we'll
2: up a collection for the steaks and we'll grill them. That sounds like Perfect. a great idea. I that's like good. where you're going. That's only a joke,
1: hey. only a joke here. Uh, but I do want to shift a little bit. We talk about, you know, as we're working through Exodus, uh, this Sunday is going to be really exciting. Uh, every Sunday is, but this Sunday we'll be observing both ordinances. We'll have uh, uh, Rob is going to be getting baptized at uh, toward the beginning of the service, and then we'll have the Lord's Supper a little further into the service together as a church as we uh, continue on through Exodus chapter two, verse sixteen through twenty-five. Uh, we see that we saw last week of Moses running and the consequences that he experienced. Uh, and this time we'll see a little bit more of a full reality of the uh, the fast-forward of the 40 years of life that he spends. It doesn't give us a lot of information on these 40 years, uh, but we see that his 40 years, it does not fix the problem by which he ran from. Uh, it doesn't fix the groaning of the Israelites uh, and how even in our own life, even though Moses has a unique role to play uh, in the story of Scripture, uh, even in our own lives, this tendency and realization when we when we do flee from our consequences— That doesn't always fix them. Uh, It alleviates a fear, but doesn't always fix the problems and and how Christ remedies those things for us. So I'm expecting, I'm excited for this Sunday. And uh, Stephen, any other words that you can think of?
0: Well, you know, before we started this, you asked me, hey, anything particular about the music this Sunday that you'd like to share? And I was like, no, not really. And then I just heard you say, (laughs) heard you say, you know, this Sunday is going to be exciting, but every Sunday is exciting. And I I just wanted to kind of reiterate, we're going to probably sing songs that you've heard before. We're going to sing... Uh, things that we have sung before and truth that we have sung before. And it can feel sometimes like you're coming in and doing the same thing every week, but I think that is for our good. Um, Part of the reason that that is we, that we do a service the certain way that we do it is because it's formative for us. So it is, it is good for us to rehearse, these truths over and over again. And so, you know, I almost, I'm apologizing to myself, maybe to God, maybe to all of you, I don't know, uh, for, for just saying, yeah, there's nothing different about the Sunday to, to remark on, but that's part of the, the good news of that is that um, we're singing the same thing, the same story every single Sunday that we gather where we're proclaiming who God is and what he has done for his glory. And so don't take that lightly. Come in here and sing familiar songs and do it for the glory of God. It's gonna be gonna be joyful. So, um, Larry and Linda, thank you all for being here with us today and sharing with us. Uh, you guys are a true blessing to our church. I told Megan that uh, that the Kings were gonna be on today. And she says, "You mean Linda King?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "She is so sweet." And I was like, <laughs> she "Yeah, is. I know." She <laughs> yeah. <she laughs> is. And uh, you guys are are uh, part of the 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 strong community of our church, and we're just so thankful for, for both of you.
2: Well I think it's good we're going to sing familiar songs because then it's much easier to participate. Yeah. And I like to worship in that way. So.
0: Yeah, we do that. We do that t- you're jumping on my soapbox here, but that you know part of <laughs> part of the intentionality there is that we sing a limited number of songs on purpose. So we don't sing, you know, there's some churches that will sing 160, 170 songs a year, which is just mind-boggling to me. We sing about 60 songs a year. Um, and we do that mm-hmm. because we want them to be familiar so that we can engage well with them. So, so appreciate you setting sing. me up, teeing me up for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but well <laughs> We can done. sing
3: them in the bathtub that night.
0: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <in laughs> the, or we're in gardening. Gardening, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, all of those things. But it is uh, it is joyful uh, to sing of the good news, to sit under the word together. Um, we're getting to, you know, baptism, Lord's Supper this Sunday. It's going to be full of richness, full of uh, God's glory. So, Church, we'll look forward to seeing you there. It'll be a joy uh, to worship together.
1: See you then.